0: Flourishing Education, the podcast where I share the powerful imperfectly perfect conversations with disruptors of the education system in the UK and beyond. I would really like to encourage you to take a listen and see what's possible as I ask the question, how can we change the way we educate and parent our children and young people so that they can truly become flourishing curious Lifelong learners and young adults. I hope you enjoy these episodes as much as I've enjoyed recording them and creating them. Please do not hesitate to connect with me on LinkedIn, Fabian Vells, and/or and/or on Twitter at FlourishingHE. And please let me know what's your favorite episode or favourite part of the podcast. I look forward to hearing from you and in the meantime I truly hope you are thriving and flourishing, wishing you a fabulous day wherever you are in the world. Hello and welcome to another Imperfectly Perfect conversation for the Flourishing Education podcast. Today I don't have one but two amazing guests on the podcast. Uh, I welcome Jennifer Johnson and Jan Froelich. Very warm welcome to the podcast to you both.
1: Thank you. I really really appreciate you sharing your platform with us.
0: Wonderful to have you both. So um, shall we start with uh, the question i ask all my guests at the beginning of a conversation which is um, would you tell us a little bit more about you so where you are in the world and share a little bit of your journey thus far
1: absolutely so my name is jan frolic and i am co-founder of captains and poets and i can tell you that first question always scares me just a little bit because i feel like i'll take up the entire hour telling you my entire life story so I'm going to try to make it as short as possible, but also as interesting as I possibly can. Um, I have, uh, I'm in Canada, so I I live in Toronto, Canada. Um, I also spend quite a bit of time in England in Beaconsfield, which is one of my favorite places in the world. And I have professionally had quite a quite a journey, but the last 10 years has landed me in the advocacy and uh, space around equity and inclusion for women in the workplace. So I have been uh, an SVP at a world, possibly the world's largest women's advancement organization called Women of Influence Worldwide, where It was my absolute pleasure and honor to have so many conversations with women across the world, very often many of them moms who were struggling in the workplace, but more importantly for them, they were struggling with how they felt they were raising their kids and what their children were learning um, and equally at the same time I was finding that the the dial was not moving very much um, when it came to inclusion in the workplace. So I really took a step back and thought, what are the conversations that are going to make change in this world and it just sort of came to me that we need to start having easier conversations with young people and really try to instill this understanding of what it is to be uh, equitable, what it feels like to belong somewhere, how you can uh, create a, a safe place and a brave space for other people and yourself uh, in, in your learning and home and peer environments. And so that took me sort of down this rabbit hole of how how we can start having these really big conversations in an easier, less scary way. Thankfully uh, during that time. And that was almost five years ago, actually, that, um, this all started to sort of percolate in my, in my brain. And I was, uh, introduced to Jennifer, who you're going to meet next, um, as and and we recognized that both professionally and as moms, that we were in a really interesting place, uh, to make change together. And so we sat down for 15 minutes, like, like, like you do and made an entire company and decided okay let's go change the world together <laughs> so that's that's what I'm doing I'm based in Canada and we now have a global k-12 curriculum really focused on creating best lives for for young people beautiful
2: so Jennifer do you want to tell us
1: about you
2: Oh, that would be great. I am also in Toronto. Uh, I am a former educator, um, but really, as Jan mentioned, uh, the impetus for this really was looking for me at young people, uh, in particular, my children and uh, how this world is becoming increasingly complex, dynamic. Uh, Little did we know in 2018 that that was going to speed up in, in significant ways on a few levels. And here we are uh, five years later, and really what we're trying to do is reach as many young people as possible and to empower them to have an inner compass. So to really know who they are, to connect with really important parts of themselves um, and to navigate, to navigate their daily lives, to navigate the journey to adulthood. You know, we are raising children differently. And as a result, you know, they often don't have a lot of role models out there and ahead of them so so we're asking a lot we're asking kids to be courageous in the face of so many world issues so we really wanted to empower them and send them the message that they have everything they need within them to thrive
0: beautiful and so you kindly sent me your books I have one of them here in front of me. So it's a, it's it's an audio podcast. So for the listeners, you can't see what I'm 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 showing. Um, but it says captains and, and poets. And I've been obviously exploring this and the others that are over there, the, the journals. So shall we start with that?
2: Like captains and poets. Tell us more. So the captain and the poet are really sort of two significant parts of you that really represent the human experience. So the captain is the doer, the captain is the part of you that takes charge or wants to take charge, goes out into the world and gains confidence through experience, um, is perhaps bold and adventurous. And then the poet is everything stirring inside of you, so everything from your emotions to your imagination, your dreams, your aspirations, your values, your creativity, your intuition. Um, And so what we teach young people is that when you, well, everybody has a captain and a poet, but then when they work together, that's how you are your best self. So for example, the captain nudges the poet, put up your hand, share that idea, go after that dream, let's set some goals. And the poet is guiding the captain's actions from that place of self-awareness, from your values and what's important to you and of course your awareness uh, of those around you and how you want to contribute uh, to the world so it creates this uh, safe space because everybody sort of drops their shoulders and says oh everybody else has this too everybody else feels what i'm feeling and it creates this sense of connection um, and we really are at the heart of well-being and identity, and and it really comes down to connection, as we know, so many important aspects of education and learning and and happiness are about connection. And the beautiful part of it is that, you know, while all of us listening understand what a captain is, we all understand what a poet is, we each internalize them differently, We, we embody them differently, and we express them differently. So for example, my captain on the average day might be bold, and my poet, on the average day might be creative. Yours might lead with empathy, for example. Uh, so, so it teaches kids that we're all the same because we're all different. So we have this underlying fundamental connection, this human experience, but we are we are all unique expressions of that.
0: Amazing, and so that resonates, of course, so much with my own work and research around well-being and the flourishing model, where you know, I talk about um, I use the metaphor of I use ecology and nature a lot. And so I talk about the, you know, we are all unique ecosystems within this garden called life. Um, and and I I talk about first what's really important is first the awareness and then the the understanding that you know um burn nichols in dr Bern nichols when i interviewed her used the word inner standing and i think it's a beautiful word that just really explained this sort of you know who am i and how do i work so it using all of that imagery how do we get our young people to discover you know, you're talking, you know, maybe your captain is, is bold or your captain is more, uh, you know, authentic or, you know, uh, adventurous. How do we discover, you know, all of those elements? So how do we just get to discover our captain and and our poets as as individuals?
2: Well, one way to do it is we... Uh, help the students to identify what their main traits are and to see how they show up in their daily lives, in how they face challenges, in the classroom, in friendships, uh, in in sports or activities that they're involved in and get them to recognize the moments when they are being their best self.
1: And And I would... Sorry, keep going. The only thing I would add to that is that the very beginning of like, how do we get kids to tell us who their captain and poet is, is we ask them. We just ask them. We engage with them. We talk to them. We give them a space to express themselves. And I know that seems really, really easy, but It doesn't seem to be happening very often. Um, We're not doing it on an app. We're not doing it through EduTech. We are actually in a room having a conversation. And let me tell you, kids want this. They want to talk. They want an avenue to put themselves like out there. They just need to be asked.
2: Yeah, it's beautiful. And just to build on what Jen is saying, the other element of that is you know we can even leverage this sometimes when students or even adults when we're doing this with adults are struggling to see themselves and we say well everybody you, you know you know this person tell us about their captain and it's really beautiful because it's an acknowledgement so people see them they start to understand how they're seen in the world and you know usually we see others uh, for the best in them and sometimes when we're looking at ourselves we struggle to identify and put those traits forward so it's a really beautiful exercise. And then really just building on it from there, any, any different contexts that, um, there are different situations that are showing up. Um, a really fun activity we do is have students um, create a playlist for their poet and their captain and then songs that embody both their captain and their poet because we all need those playlists sometimes to you know, release emotion or feel understood or to get charged up about something. And, you know, some, I think some of our favorite songs are the ones that embody both that captain and that poet energy. So, so we make it accessible to them, you know, on an emotional level, intellectual level, kinesthetically, and that's, that's our dream. They have them in their back pocket their whole lives. Two simple words, intuitive language that can be used. And, and also I think what's really important is it can be used at home and at school. So parents and caregivers and, and teachers can be Supporting, nurturing, coaching, encouraging young people from their innate strengths. So, again, we're just teaching them you have everything you need inside of you. And then, you know, as appropriate, helping them to expand that repertoire. So, as I mentioned earlier, if I lead with creativity, sometimes I need to pull forward another poet trait. I might need to be a good listener. I might need to show empathy. Um, As a captain, you know, maybe I need to be more decisive. Maybe I need to, you know, have a little more drive or whatever it is.
0: It's all good.
2: We love the dog barking
0: in the background because it's imperfectly perfect. So we welcome the dog and everybody else in this conversation. It's all good, Jennifer.
2: That was the dog asserting uh, his captain. I think.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and you know what? It's a beautiful segue because I was thinking. You know, when you started talking, you were talking about captain, doer and like poet more inside. So I'm thinking in terms of my own personal journey um, until very recently. I've po- possibly focused much more on my captain than than on the on the poet. um And it's only because when I started slowing right down and I had time, you know, when I became a. Uh, well, I, I went on a one-year career break, unpaid, sort of sabbatical. I had a lot more space for exploration. So I wonder whether, first of all, my first question is, do you feel that our society probably f- fosters the development of the captain much more than the than the doer first? Um, and then I'll ask you the second question.
1: <laughs> I have so much to say about that because... Uh this did start in the gender space, right? When we were trying to sort of dismantle sort of ideologies around masculinity and also, um, you know, feminist thinking and all of this stuff that was sort of came up early. Um, and I will say often, okay. So the, the poet, the emotional side of you sometimes gets the bad rap around, oh, too soft, too weak, emotional, right? And so sometimes it's the boys that are like, I can't be that, I have to be captain. But when they find out that everybody has both and that in order to be your best, most authentic self, a great leader, a team player, you need to have a captain and a poet. And when they find this out, it's like an opening, a window, and, and they- express themselves and they have permission to be vulnerable and to say, yeah, you know what? I've been on teams my whole life. My parents love that I play like excessive hockey or soccer or whatever. But honestly, I like to play music and I write poetry and they don't know it. And they talk about this with their peer groups in our sessions. And it's just like the most beautiful thing. And they're giving each other permission to access these things. And the opposite side of it is you know, having access to uh, your captain that you didn't even know you had, right? Finding these leadership qualities, this the um, that are within you that you, that your peers can point out, and this happens for boys and girls, right? So obviously, this is this is non-gendered. Um, this is about everybody, and the, and the girls equally. You know, they've been told they're one way, but the truth is, they're both ways. They they have everything within them. To, to be their best, most authentic selves, have a good, beautiful, creative and leading life, you know, and take charge of it. And it is it is incredible. So I will say that, yes, some people are told they have to be captains. Some people are raised to be poets, but giving access to the, the knowledge that they are both is probably the best thing about this uh, this program. Yeah, and
0: it's uh, um, not an either or, it's an and, and, right?
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think back to your point, I think the, the poet is more the being, right? So the captain is the doing, the poet is the being. And I think we've all realized this, you know, with the state of the world right now and so many people just feeling overwhelmed in their day to day lives. Our state of being directly impacts our doing. And how we respond to the world around us so it's a really important balancing act and just giving kids that language it makes it accessible and you know they, they don't have to have a huge you know emotional vocabulary they can just say my poet's having a bad day you know or my or my captain is, is losing motivation and the other interesting piece i think is you know we have such an emphasis on on doing and and also leadership And when students sometimes will say, oh, so is the captain the leader? And so it provides this great teachable moment to say, well, tell me the traits of a good leader. And they'll find within two or three, you know, characteristics that they're listing, they're actually listing poet traits. So it just creates this beautiful excavation for who are we being in the world? Who are we as leaders? And and what's the impact we're having?
0: And that, gets me to think about what um, Benjamin Freud and, and Charlotte Hanging often talk about, which is becoming. And what I'm hearing is almost like the doer and the being coming together to become like our best selves, right? Is that, is that what you're sort of, I guess, it's my subjectivity into what you're saying, but is that what-
2: That is exactly it. It's that, it's that simple. And that's not just your best self, but your most authentic self because you're bringing your gifts forward and you know this is where this intersection of well-being and identity is so important because we often treat them separately in you know in literally in treatment um, in academics in corporate you know we talk about identity on one in one corner and we talk about emotional intelligence and mental health and well-being in another but they're actually inextricably linked because we know you know when you're feeling good you wake up you're having a good day you're more likely to put yourself out there, you're more likely to um, end up having experiences that continue to fuel your well-being and a sense of who you are in the world. Um, And then vice versa, when you have a clear sense of identity and who you are, um, you're more likely to engage and to feel good about yourself. So there's this sort of reciprocal relationship there that we're really trying to tap into to make this as simple as possible and have as much impact as possible, and to give students, uh, young people everywhere, really that sense of um, agency, having a positive sense of agency, because it's so easy for them to feel overwhelmed today, especially with their exposure to social media, uh, etc.
0: And presumably the you know, we, we talked about the, the parents and the adults in their life. So obviously we've, we've talked about how young people and children and young people can use those concepts of captains and poets, but I, I assume, and maybe this is me assuming wrongly, so correct me if I'm wrong, that it's also vital that parents understand who they are in this garden called light, right? And they also know who their captains and poets are.
1: I'd say it's vital, but that the other side of it is is it too late? Does it do they want to? um, You know, it's really interesting working with adults, and we do. We have parent workshops, we have teacher workshops, we have principal workshops. It's harder for the adults than it is the kids it's just something that we're not comfortable with we haven't learned it before they we don't want to talk about the good parts of us we don't want to discuss any do any more discovering on the inside cuz that's just exposing us so um but the ones that do want to do the work it is incredible to watch all of this new information appear and go, wow, like I I get this. I, I and I can improve and I I can tap into the Captain and Poet every day in my parenting, in my workplace. Um, I can, I can help my coworkers. It's it is amazing to watch. I will say that kids get this like a flash, a flash. It's the adults who are like, oh. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if I want to talk about this. Um but given the opportunity to to do a bit of a deep dive. Everybody wants to, you know, be better and everybody wants to make the have the, you know, the best practices for their young people to uh, so they can grow up being the best that they can be. So, it's pretty it's pretty fun. It's a pretty fun thing to watch the adults do. Um and yes, it is imperative to to bridge this with all key stakeholders. And I'm talking like not just parents and caregivers, uh, but like community youth groups, um, uh, teachers, like everybody, everybody, everybody who's working with young people need to have this language one way or the other and do the self-reflection, do the hard work, no matter how old you are. So you can help these kids have role models going forward and be okay being accessing the, that deep inner, inner stuff that nobody likes to talk about. It's so, so, so important. And the more adults we get on board, the better. It's just, you know, we need, we need that, that like-minded army to go out there and, and do the good work with us.
2: Yeah, yeah. And maybe for all the adults listening, here's a, here's a little reflection you can do now. Um, I think we can all think of different crossroads in our life, different decisions we've made, uh, relationships, careers, where the captain and the poet maybe didn't show up the way we needed them to. So if you think of any situation in your life, you can take a, just a check-in. Where where is my captain or where was my captain? How did my poet show up? Was I fully listening to my poet? You know, And did my captain get into action the way I needed my captain to? So it's it's a great lens you can put on in any moment. And the other important thing to recognize is different aspects of who we are come out in different contexts. So your captain and your poet might differ in the work environment versus the home environment, etc. cetera. So it just provides this really beautiful ground for self-reflection, for self-awareness and what we call self-leadership. Um, and that's you know, how you're showing up. How are you showing up in that moment? Because it gives you the ability to have that, that mindful moment and to be aware of how you're responding, what your needs are, what's going on around you, and to consciously choose how you're showing up.
0: And that consciously showing up, you know, you you were talking earlier on, uh, Jan, about equity and equitable uh, that I'd love to explore some more in in a bit. But, uh, you know, you, you were talking also about authenticity and it reminded me of Brenna Brown, right? It's like the... There's something in us adults, we don't feel comfortable being vulnerable. There's that the, the being courageous, like showing up truly as our, ourselves. And as I heard you, you know, one of the questions, the second question I wanted to ask you is, what happens when the doer and the, you know, like when the captain and the poets come together? What does that look like? I would love you both to share that, you know, so, so, so that people who are listening sort of think, oh, well, yeah, I, I, I recognize when that's happened for me.
2: Sure. and I mean, maybe I'll paint a picture of sort of their optimal state, which is something we all strive for, but don't necessarily live all the time. And it actually does relate to Brene Brown's work. Um, so that is emotional courage. So we categorize um, two sort of states of being or or doing at the same time that embody our best captain and our best poet working in full partnership, and they are emotional courage and inspired action. So emotional courage is, is, you know, I think Brene refers to it as um, being willing to own and tell and, you know, share your full story of who you are. And it's really in our minds about operating from that place of um matter or operating from like what's most important to you because what's most important to you is what makes you vulnerable because those are those are your values that's where you hold your vision for your life and who you want to be and and the world that you want to see so it's it's the poet really uh, in an expanded state and the captain um led lending that boldness right lending that, that lending that bravery so that you can operate from that place of emotional courage and then vice versa. The inspired action is the captain is, is only operating from a place, um, you know, direct communication with the poet, and maybe going after those big dreams, those passions, and and finding the strength and the courage through the inspiration.
1: And I would just add to that, even to break it down even simpler, is to tell you who my captain and poet are and how that, what what that equals. So my, my captain is a a big risk taker. Um, and my poet is a warrior and highly emotional. And when you bring those two together, you get a pretty unbelievable social entrepreneur that is really focused on creating generational systemic change um so and because I'm taking massive 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 risks doing this but at the same time like I I just can't not do it because I feel it so deeply and then you get change and there's a lot of those captains and poets out there thankfully
0: yes that's just an example I see a lot of them I meet a lot of them
1: (laughs) for sure thank goodness (laughs) yes
0: wonderful and and so as I was hearing you talk and going back to the sabbatical and the, how important is it to slow right down? Because as part of my own personal journey, one of the things that has happened is that slowing down has definitely helped me to become much more self-aware That sort of, and to get that inner standing, that sort of like knowing who I am. But also it's invited me to truly de school and unschool myself and so decondition um from what we've been taught. And with your hat in particular, Jan, around like diversity and you know, we've all been colonized, right? One way or another, because we all come from a heritage of, you know, I, I'm I'm Franco-British. So I've got the both French and, and British uh colonialists sort of view. Um, and so i wonder how important that is in the process in all of those that that work or or whether or not that's not something that you you discuss in the work around like becoming aware of our captains and, and poets.
1: uh yes it, it was such a major part of what we were doing um making sure that we were creating the most inclusive uh curriculum and all programming from every angle we possibly could. And we're, I'm really, really, really proud of the work that we did because we ha- we didn't build this with our lens. We built this with our idea and brought people in who ca- came from so many different places, with had so many expert experiences, uh, so many different lived experiences. And that was imperative to making the the work that the, having the work that we, as it stands right now, um, the work that we've done, it is constantly evolving. Also, I will say like one of the biggest challenges that we've had is like getting something static, uh, but it's not because that's not life. And that's not how things right now, especially are work, like everything's moving. We're constantly learning. We're constantly bringing new things to the curriculum to make sure that everybody feels that they can see themselves in this curriculum. Um, we also had tons and tons of teacher consult and we did it across the world. We had tons of, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, con- third-party consult also to make sure that all of our eyes were crossed and our T's or eyes were dotted, T's were crossed. I do that all the time to make sure that it was exactly, um, it wasn't just us. It wasn't just our work that was out there, um, because that is important to us. and you know, it's different everywhere. So, we, and it's really, it's a very big deal for us to recognize that we are, we're working in Canada, which has its own very big colonial issues currently um, and reconciliation with Indigenous. um, And, but also we're dealing with, um, or not dealing with, but working with, collaborating with people in other countries across the world that are having completely different experiences. So it has been top of mind the entire way through.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, to your point, this really is happening one conversation at a time. So we're, we're abandoning the technology. We're bringing this back to like really authentic dialogue. And I think one of the challenges we're facing, you know, is asking teachers, schools to slow down, to slow down and make this investment in the connection and the self awareness first and foremost and it's it's challenging because teachers have a lot on their plates so where does it fit and i think you know more and more when we see the statistics out there about mental health and well-being and um, issues around racism these issues have only been exacerbated since the pandemic so it's really important it's really important we all slow down you know take a breath take a big belly breath and listen give space to that poet because we all these these are things we all want and I think that's the challenge is we just need to pause as a collective to reset um so giving the poet space and then and then really giving the captain an opportunity to respond to respond individually to respond collectively um in the right ways
1: ah I love that
2: and it's the danger right because
0: if we if the captain takes over then there's a there's a there's a sort of slight danger that we will go into overactive mode and also possibly in a very tokenistic way is you know which is also what I've seen in a lot of my work and that's why I've created the podcast and I do the work I do is because you know it's so easy to try and shoehorn things on the side as they're like oh yeah we've done this like tick box exercise right is that also your experience and what would be your advice or suggestions for people who are interested in what you're doing but not quite sure how they would fit it in the, their already very crammed curriculum
2: <laughs> yeah it's absolutely what we're seeing and It makes me feel better and worse that we see this everywhere. (laughs) So we thought, oh, is this in our own backyard? No, it's everywhere. This is everywhere. And I think the side effect is we're seeing, you know, so many teachers and principals taking leaves of absence. Like the system is at risk. The system is at risk, kids are at risk. And I think it's really up to us. It's really up to us as individuals. And we've made this as simple and easy as possible. It's, It's two simple words. You know, it takes an hour to get the kids to really internalize and understand this. Um, We've aligned to the curriculum wherever we go nationally or state or provincial curriculum. So it's there. So it's a choice. So I think, you know, at some point we all will hit a point where we just don't want to operate from that place of fatigue and overwhelm anymore and uh, just need to focus on what really matters.
0: Yes. Yeah, 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 100 percent And I think this is where those conversations are so helpful, right? And they're so important because people is giving each other the space to have those conversations, those honest conversations and, and to and the space to yeah discuss what comes up for us and and, and how we implement this because I think for me the drive is that is like how do we truly make all those amazing like the, your amazing work and the amazing work that's being done elsewhere as you know that it gets all the space it needs rather than just being shoehorned, um which is which unfortunately you know because then then it leads me to the the, the other question i wanted to ask you is I often see, because our our schooling system is is built on the knowledge is power, is this idea that we have an intellectual understanding, but then it's not a lived experience. And my favorite saying comes from Papua New Guinea. Uh, I'm sorry, listeners, you hear me say that almost every conversation, so you're probably fed up by now, but... I truly love it. It's the, like, it's the, you know, anything is a rumor until it's in the muscles. Um, mm-hmm. and so I wonder how that resonates with with your work. You know, how important is it to move away from the the cognitive uh, understanding, the intellectual understanding of the captains and poets, and then the the lived, breathed experience.
2: Yeah, I know what you're saying. I think we're really advocating for that more holistic approach, looking at the whole child, because the intellectual is only, that's one entry point for knowledge. And and I would argue that when you have somebody who's engaged in all of their learning capacities, whether they have different learning modalities or whether it's their lived experience, whether it's an emotional connection to the curriculum or to the conversation or to the others in the classroom, like there's such a missed opportunity right now, I think, and to use your metaphor of the garden, like every classroom is a garden. And we're not nurturing, we're not nurturing the right conversations. And we're not. um, And I think you can increase that that bandwidth for learning for the intellectual side when you nurture all of the other aspects.
0: And I think also, because then I go back to my image of knowing and my own personal experience. I think when we truly know who we are in this garden called life, and we know where our fragrance is and our gift is in this garden called life, what's actually beautiful is that you then don't worry about focusing on me, myself and I, you actually work on enhancing the beauty and the fragrance like nature does of other ecosystems within, around you, right? Um, so is that again your experience in with, with your work like that then I found myself the more I I am really anchored in like this is me in a in a really you know humble way I, I would say in like really like you were beautifully describing Jan how you just show up right in this as being this social entre- entrepreneur I think once we know that when once we stand you know humbly but truly in the who we are then you know and and in using your words when we really have the the captain and the poets working hand in hand then you can be of service to others on the planet right it's almost like default mode so is that also your experience
2: absolutely so this shows up a lot um in our mentoring programs and in our leadership workshops and what we uh, really ground the students in is just what you're speaking of—that humble acceptance and honoring of who they are and their unique abilities and we talk about a one plus one equals three combination that that jan alluded to so another example so my bold captain and my creative poet make me innovative right? So that's one of the byproducts of that combination of traits. And even if someone else had exactly the same captain and poet traits, it would yield something different, because we all have this unique fingerprint that we can offer. So I think that's really important, because it's, it's that the look on kids faces when they have that aha moment is, is humbling for them. And at the same time, so empowering. And then we say, okay, so how are you going to bring that into your day-to-day? How are you going to bring that into your leadership? Because to be the best leader you can be, you need to be authentic. And that you know, self-awareness and the self-leadership that's built on that is really the foundation of that effective leadership. So a lot of the time out of these leadership programs, students will then um, create a mentoring program for younger students in the school. So they can nurture that garden and they can, they can start to see the captain and poet you know, on their teams. And, and to really bring those dynamics to life in, in more powerful ways because what we're trying to do is create that transformation from young people themselves. We know teachers are overwhelmed. We know the principals are you know, really bogged down with so many administrative duties, managing um, the after effects of, of COVID and staffing and, and everything else. So, and we know that students want to connect, they want to thrive, they want to contribute. We're just giving them a simple language that can help them to do that.
0: Amazing. Yeah, just, just amazing. And it's your, your image of, you know, even if other people have similar captains and, and poets, it's a little bit like the daffodils, right? In, For us at the moment, we've got daffodils and we've got the, you know, the the bluebells are out, but it's it's actually when they're together that we enhance, they enhance each other's beauty, right? So I think it's also really important to to talk about that, the fact that we are we we are unique, but we are all also. not just individuals we just we 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 are whole you know we are all together and i know that your message is also that message very much so in the book right the unique but
1: yeah it's uh it's the underlying message right that when you know yourself deeply that you will organically be able to see and celebrate other people and that is Our greatest gift as humans is that we are surrounded by people who are different from us and they bring all of these unique qualities to not just their lives, but our lives. And that, if you can see that, your life is infinitely better because of it, but you have to know yourself first before you can really see that in other people
0: the law of one and many right that's right mm. amazing so two last questions if i may
1: of course so
0: <laughs> the, the first one is besides your books and i'll put all the links so that people can like obviously connect to you and and find you and and purchase your books um along your journeys as you were sort of you know collaborating and creating captains and poets are there any very important books that have played a huge part in, in you know, on your journey that you'd like to share with us
1: that's interesting i feel like i haven't had time to read in 5 years <laughs> What do you mean, other people's things? I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, so funny. Uh, that's why there's podcasts, right? It's so funny. Um, well, it can I, be a
0: podcast, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it's a book because I'm a bookworm and I read an awful lot. I just love reading, but that's me putting my stuff onto
1: you. So please feel free to to share otherwise. I would say the two books that have got me through when I've had the opportunity would be untamed by Glennon Doyle and most recently big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Those would be the two that it just mostly because I need something to ignite my own passion. Sometimes, you know, sometimes this work is hard. And sometimes I can like lie in bed and go, you know what, maybe I'm never getting out. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's, it's a lot of work sometimes. <laughs> and and when you have other women sort of out there in the ether that surround you with that um extra little bit of spark that will ignite and keep you going, I would say those probably were the two books in the last year that I was like, yes, I feel like I can breathe big now. So amazing. Thank yeah. you. What about you, Jennifer?
2: Oh yeah I was reading for work, so this is one of my favorites uh, contextual well being by Dr Helen Street out of Australia and then um, well being in schools by Andy Hargreaves and Dennis Shirley and they actually studied um, the Ontario education system here, so I found that. Um, quite fascinating what was progressive and you know what it could be built on, uh, but yeah to Jan's point it's there hasn't been a lot of time for reading. And fair enough. You've been, been doing... okay. My my it's poet's been okay been, with that. Yeah. It's been a very conscious choice. So yeah,
0: yeah, and and that's amazing. Thank you. Um, so my final question is is a question I ask all of my guests, which is, out of this conversation that we've just had, um, are there any key takeaways or things that you're you know that you you know you're taking away, or you would like our listeners to take away from this conversation?
1: I guess for me, um, is I, w- <laughs> collaboration is like the most important thing, bringing in new voices, uh, also bringing in new energy for us. Like I was saying, it's, it's, it's a, can be a bit of a slog. And at the same time, like having a community globally that understands the work we're doing that wants to bring it to life in their own spaces, please, please, please connect with us. Like it is, it's like life to us when that happens so i would say if there was one key takeaway please just reach out if you have like if you don't get this and you don't even like it like still just reach out and tell us so we can fix it and if you love it reach out and tell us so we can keep going
2: amazing for myself um think you know the state of the world is pretty overwhelming right now and as jam mentioned it, it's sometimes tough to keep that emotional courage and inspired action you know going in fifth gear and you know and we all do need to slow down and pause sometimes i think that's really important um, and i think as a collective i think educators too are are very they're perfectionists and i think this poses a bit of a problem for where we're at and I know, you know, a lot of us parents are too. We're pretty hard on ourselves. And I think it's just really important to remember that we're on a journey. We're on a journey and every moment, every day is another opportunity. And I think, you know, my wish is that, you know every young person in the world has this captain and poet in their back pocket so that they they can accept that. They can operate from a place of self-compassion and, and be resilient because You know, let's fast forward five years. You know, I think we can we can do we can do better, and I think we're on the path to that.
0: Beautiful. Before I let you both go, is there one question I haven't asked you that you wish I'd ask you, perhaps?
2: Actually, it's a question we want to ask you. Uh, Tell us about your captain and poet. Hmm.
1: Good question. Uh, so,
0: first of all, I think before uh, I had my sabbatical, I was definitely more a captain and forget the poet. There's no space for the poet, that's, that's for sure. um So, the gift of the sabbatical and slowing down has definitely enabled me to truly listen to my poet. So, my poet used to talk really quietly. And I used to just go, naksh. No, like quiet we don't want to hear you for sure um so i would say my captain is that is, is a bit like jan is is really fearless than going come on Lynn, let's try like let's give <laughs> it a go um and i would probably i think now definitely that my poet is is all about love and about empathy so if in doubt choose love and empathy in the sense of you know, truly looking at others and thinking, I know, and I care. I think you can't go wrong if you, if you live that way.
1: What that's-
2: a powerful combination. That's, yep. I mean, that's emotional courage. You're living from a place of emotional courage. And just that reflective piece every day. It's amazing and beautiful. Mm, yeah, very you. beautiful.
0: Thank you for asking. I just want to thank you both for this beautiful, imperfectly perfect conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: Thank you. It's been a great pleasure to be here and spend what would be our morning with
0: you. Thank you both. It's been phenomenal.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. You can also reach me via Twitter at FlourishingHe on LinkedIn, or you can join our private Facebook group, Flourishing Education. All the links are easily available on anchor.fm. Thank you so much, and I hope you are flourishing. Bye for now.